Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us on the podcast this morning, this evening, this afternoon, wherever you are, whenever you're listening. I am so happy to have my friend Brenda Amaral on here. She is the person in the education space. I had a question about education uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I just called her. I was like, hey, can you help me with this? And she is just such a wealth of knowledge. She's an amazing woman. And I know her through my mentor and business coach, Nina Kovner, aka Passion Squared. So I thought, why don't we have her on the podcast and she can share some wisdom and some nuggets of information about being an educator. I know so many people want to be an educator and I know so many people have that passion to help others. And I thought Brenda would be the perfect person to join us for a little while here on the podcast. So, hey, Brenda. Gina, hi, my friend. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me on the podcast. I'm amped. Me too. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. So excited. So for anyone who doesn't know you, can you give a little bird's eye view, eye view on Brenda? For sure. I am, uh, I've been in the industry for 20 plus years. Uh, I have chewed all of the industry dirt. I have been a receptionist, uh, an assistant, on the floor a stylist, then an educator, platform artist, booth renter. I've worked in manufacturing and making products. Then let's see, went on, I don't know if I, I said booth renting already, booth renting, then uh, owning a salon. So I own a salon in Massachusetts, just south of Boston. And I am the co-founder of True Hair Education, where we teach unbranded education to our peers. I love that. Yeah, you've done so much in the education field. And like, I think that for anyone looking for a mentor or looking for someone to look to in the education field, you're an amazing, amazing person because you've done it. And I feel like if you're looking to do education, you need to look to people who've actually done it. So it's super awesome. Thank you so much. It's it's really been a wild and awesome ride. And I've just learned so much from so many people in so many places. And I'm just grateful that somehow I'm able to synthesize all of that and then share it when people need it. Like you said, you called me a couple of weeks ago. I thankfully had a place in which to, to, direct, to direct you. So uh, that just makes me happy being able to help people in our industry. Yeah, you've done so much in the business and you're continuing to grow and evolve and do more. So it's so awesome. And I'm so glad that you're here and glad we're connected. Me too. Me too. And I'm so proud of you. Like, you know, when we met, you know, both of us just love Nina so much. And, uh, you know, you were so young doing so much. I was like, this kid hustles like nobody else. And (laughs) you, it's just been so fun to watch your growth and just knowing how hard you work behind it and how much heart and hustle goes into it. And the fact that you are just willing to change and make mistakes and keep it moving in front of everybody is just, you inspire me. And and I'm just, I'm super glad that we're connected. Oh, I love you, Brenda. Um, (laughs) I would love to share really quickly about the day that we met. 
because that day was like a transformative day for me. Um, we met back in, I believe it was 2014 or 15 or 16. I think it was 2016. And I had just gotten back from this Tony Robbins seminar called business mastery. And I had just gotten back from that. And prior or when, when I got back, what I learned from business mastery is that my real passion was being an educator. All of the exercises he had us do and about our business, like I didn't want to put my salon down. I wanted to put my education business down because um, I, I had owned an employee-based salon for five years, Gina Bianca hair. And like I went to business mastery to be a better salon owner. And I do feel like I came back to be a better salon owner. But everything on that class, I was writing down GBH Academy and I had come home and I was like, how am I going to get into the education business? And I was like, well, you need to take a little risk. So I had booked Nina and like back then I didn't have like money to book someone. I was like, you know, a new salon owner. So I like booked Nina and I sold tickets and that was how I first got into the education industry. And Nina did her storytelling workshop and you were there and Dan yeah. was there. We had so many people there. It was so nice. Um, it, was great. It, it was a small, it was a small group, but like all those people are just so amazing. And um, Nina had us do our storytelling workshop and then the same thing. I wrote down my education business and mm-hmm. that was like such a huge change for me. And then like three years later, I closed my salon and I went full blast into education. And I feel like those spaces with those people to like come together and like work on your business and dream about your business are so important. So that's when we met. And that was like a really, it, like when you said, like when you did your intro, I was like, you know, that was a really crazy time for me and you were a part of it. Oh, well, I'm so glad I'm, I'm, I got to be a part of it. Yeah, it's so That cool. was an amazing workshop. And that was, yeah. Was and they so all cool. are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like all the opportunities for education and connecting and being together is, I mean, that that's what, you know, made this, you know, the time that we were shut down and unable to be in person so difficult for us, right? Because I think we just get so much energy from being together and that creative sauce that we all have and being able to bring things to the table. Um, you know, sometimes that's just, that's a 10,000 gallons of gas that you need to just keep going a hundred percent I totally agree so yeah that was that was actually a crazy time and a great time and it really started like my evolution in my career and you know education has been such a huge part of my career and I know it's like totally that's your uh, wheelhouse so today we had talked before we started the podcast about what do we want to share what do we want to talk about and we wanted to talk about unbranded education there's so many kinds of education out there um so you're the expert I do unbranded education but I also work with a brand so mm-hmm. I have kind of like a mixture and I have a separate and I do both but I would love to you know get your expertise and get your you know, advice on you know what is unbranded education what is it and why you need it well thanks so much for for asking and even the interest because this part of our industry is super hard because people are trying to do it but it's also 
really hard because you need product to do it, right? You need, so it's not a matter of that brands are bad. Um, that is certainly not the standpoint that we come from. Uh, my business partner, Carrie Hebb and I uh, both own True Hair Education. And our purpose is just to serve our industry by teaching the chemistry of hair and hair color. Because once you understand everything that's in your salon, you know how to turn the back of a bottle of shampoo around, read all the ingredients, read everything for, for your styling products to know whether that's the right thing to send home with this client that you just spent all this time and they spent all this money on this color to make sure that it lasts. Uh, really just giving education in that chemistry-based realm so that it can support all the work that we're doing because we're working so hard and most of us are so focused on the during, you know, the placement and what it looks like after that we're not thinking about all the stuff we have to do before, all the things that they have to do after in order for us to have massive success in what we're doing. So being unbranded means like I don't have I don't have the dollars behind me. I don't have the name recognition. So again, that's why I thank you so much for putting us in front of your audience because I'm so passionate about the fact that once we know what's in a tube of hair color, once we know how all of it works, then the freedom to choose and do whatever you want unlocks a whole new level of success and just understanding those things, you're going to work with whatever line you love so much better because you're going to be able to understand how to get the maximum effects out of what you already have in your back room because a lot of education is designed to sell, right? You get in, I do a haircut and I teach you there's 15 products that you need to make this haircut look the way that it needs to look when it's finished. And there's just none of that in our class. I'm not talking about lines. I'm not bashing lines either because that happens a lot in classes. So it's just the grassroots, what it is, how it works. And then you get to go back to the salon and decide what works best for you. It's not what I say. It's what's best for you and your business. Yeah, I love that. It's super foundational that everybody skips. Absolutely. And, and you know, when you're in hair school, you don't know what part of the information you're supposed to be remembering, right? There's so much stuff coming at you and you're like, I don't know. And then you mm -hmm. go out and you work in a salon and you basically adopt all of their habits and their beliefs. Yep. And a lot of those beliefs are structured by the manufacturer's information and education. And that varies from line to line so sometimes you're working with one line you go to a different salon they have another line and now you're like oh my god i'm totally in the weeds so by understanding color in a more universal way you can go from salon to salon or switch color lines whenever you want and just that fear it releases that fear because we're kept we're kept in the dark about a lot of things and once you know oh my god the freedom is just it's life-altering I love it. I've used a lot of brands in my day and I went to a branded beauty school and I worked in branded salons and I felt like that get, gave me a good foundation, but it also like kind of held me back and I like only use certain things. And over mm -hmm. the past couple of years, 
I've been using a lot of different products and like, they say like hair color is hair color. Like if you know how to Mm -hmm. do color, if you know what's in it, if you know how it works, then you can do anything. And it really makes you a master of your craft. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because when you do understand it and for somebody who's listening and has only used one hair color line, like, like, don't freak out. You can, you can learn more about it because they, Color is color, but they all have different personalities and some are better than others, like people, you know, totally. so, so you use some, but you'll understand why maybe something looks flatter than the last thing that you used, or it looks richer, it looks deeper, it looks warmer, it looks cooler. So, but there's also questions you ask yourself before you grab a new line or you grab a new thing. So you can understand it before you ever put your hands on it. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say are a few things people should consider when, you know, they're looking into their products and all of that? So things to consider are like, I mean, basic business things, right? Like how much is the cost per application? Is this serving me? Am I making money during the process? Um, because some of us just aren't priced for what we have in the back rooms. Sometimes I go into salons and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going color broke because they have so many different lines in their back room um, because they're trying to either placate all of the different stylists that work there. And again, when I see that, I'm like, okay, there's not a great global understanding of what the chemistry is. And it just, it hurts me when I see I see salon owners or stylists and sweet, sweet owners that are just buying, buy, 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 because we know something is wrong. We don't know exactly what it is. So you have to, you have to figure cost in and make sure that you're, you're covering your costs. Um, also for me, I want to know, does the color line, does every color cover gray? Can I take a red and put it on hundred percent white hair and it's going to be red and not turn pink because mm. that gives me a basic understanding that the entire line is pigmented and that I'm not going to have to jump through a lot of hoops in order to make it work properly. Because if you're always, I have to add N, I have to add gold, I have to add this, I have to add that. Uh, it just makes it harder to work with because these are just tools, right? Like we get so enmeshed and embedded in the line that we're using that it almost creates our identity and if it's hard to use like that's a no for me it, it just has to be kind of point and shoot because color is not as hard as we make it yeah totally it's like how quickly can you get the confidence to use it on whoever exactly exactly and again that's part of what you know what the message that we're trying to to send when we have people in our classes, whether it's online or in person, it's just like, I want you to know everything. I want you to know everything I know. So you can walk through the world with as much confidence as I have that I could pick up any tube of color and make it work. Absolutely. That's my goal too. I mean, I used to have the goal of working with the brand I had like dedicated my entire career to. And now my goal is to learn as much about hair color so that I'm prepared as an educator to answer a lot of questions because a lot of the time people have a problem and it's not the line it's you know how they're using it so I think it's awesome that you're teaching this and that you're 
company is all about this. Thanks, friend. We do too. We're just determined to disrupt this industry and make sure everybody has this information. And then there'll be nothing but great products for us to choose from. I love it. So what happens when products say they're free of a type of a great ingredient? Okay. So I had talked earlier. All right, we're doing it. It's happening. So sometimes what happens, I had mentioned earlier about the fear in this industry, right? Like it's super easy to sell you something if I make you afraid of a certain ingredient. So the minute I see free on anything, I'm like, okay, my first question is, okay, if it's free of that, then what have they replaced it with to make it work just like that? Yes. Ammonia-free, alcohol-free, <clears throat> sulfate-free. It's easy to sell something free because it makes us feel warm and fuzzy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if something says ammonia-free, like, you know, uh, the the toners or glosses or things that we use, you know, we tell a client, well, I'm going to use this super gentle, it's ammonia-free, and I'm going to run it through your ends because we have to use something super gentle. Like, what are you going to do if a client looks at you and says, okay, well, what are you putting directly on my scalp? What are we putting right on my skin? Oh, oh well, ammonia, but, uh, you know, like, luckily most of us don't face those questions, but wouldn't you die if they did? Like, mm. well, I, I don't know. I know I'm supposed, I, it's so much more gentle. Is it? But we're trained that it is. We're trained to be afraid of ammonia. We're trained to be afraid of things. So then, okay, now I'm going to have all this stuff on my shelf that is, you know, that it, it works exactly like it. And is it better? Not in every case. It's not always better. It's not always more gentle, but it's a great marketing feature. Totally. So, so we have to get more inquisitive about things when people, you know, Oh, I'm trying to sell you, I'm trying to sell you this by making you afraid of that. So by, by researching information and education, again, that, that's just the foundation of what we do. I teach you everything so that you can make a decision because it's not, and I'm not even down on ammonia free. That's fine. As long as you know exactly why you're choosing that, why you're buying that and why you're using it. I'm totally down with that. But in class, oftentimes I'm like, what is ammonia? And I get you know, depending on whoever's in the group, I just get a bunch of people looking at me like, um, I I don't know. Like, you know, you're afraid of it though, right? Like, oh my gosh, yes. And then you see the light bulbs start going off and it's like, okay, let's turn the light on in the room so that everybody's on the same level. Because if you're not using ammonia, you're using something that works exactly like it. Wow. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Should we be afraid of ammonia? No. That's what I thought. I was on stage once, Gina, and I was working for a brand at the time. And sometimes a little information is worse than having none at all, right? Because again, as an industry, as a community, we know that ammonia is damaging and ammonia is so terrible, right? Just it smells bad. So, okay, that's not great. So I had a woman say, well, how much ammonia is in your color? So I was like, and here's an example. Here's an example of a little information. I'm like, so I said, let me ask you a question. What's an acceptable amount to you? What's an acceptable amount of ammonia to you? 
oh, well, uh, uh, uh. and I mean, she was sitting there with her arms crossed. She was ready to, to light me up. Mm. And I said, I said, or my other question could be, in what level do you want to know? Because it's different in every level. Yes. So the average, average color line has from 0.1 to 2% ammonia in it. That's nothing. The average cleaning product that most of us use on our floors when we're cleaning on a Monday and we got a day off is 28%. You throw that crap all over the floor and you're sucking those fumes in and you're not thinking, oh my God, this is so damaging for my floor. But it smells bad. So it was a way to market and scare us that we were the ones doing the damage, that we were the ones churning and burning hair. So now we have this ammonia-free, low ammonia, no ammonia. It's a marketing. I mean, you need a catalyst in order to swell that cuticle to get the color in and be permanent. If, you, if you're trying to work with permanent hair color. Yes. If you're we're then, trying to cover gray. Yeah. So a lot of color lines have a hard time covering gray. And please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, a lot of hair color lines have a hard time covering that resistant gray because it's low ammonia. So sometimes we have to put one of the boosters in to just soften the cuticle and get it to work. Well, that, that could be the case or because ev every color line is trying to make themselves as gentle as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. But what's happened in the interim is we are a medicated nation and nine hours after you take an aspirin, it's in your hair. Most mm. medications come up and through your hair not to mention our hair is like a sponge so we're also absorbing things from our water mm. so it's twofold so topically our sponge is absorbing things internally it's absorbing things so we're putting color on dirty dry polluted hair and expecting color to work mm. not to mention if somebody's got six weeks of i mean if you if you're a retail beast and they have wax, glue, gum, hairspray, everything on the outside of the hair. How the hell is that color supposed to work? Mm. So how we've been taught to do things, we're still doing things the way that we were taught to do it 40 years ago, even though we're in an industry of change and so many things have changed, but we're not changing a damn thing about what we're doing. So I putting color on dirty, dry, polluted hair, you might as well take your color and and let it sit out for 45 minutes before ah. you apply it. So would you recommend a pre-treatment instead of upping the ammonia content? Absolutely. Because if you look at a guess, <clears throat> excuse me, that you put color on dirty, dry, polluted hair and you look at their hair under the microscope after you have done let's just say a single process i'm not even talking about lightener it looks like you took a cigarette to it anywhere there was medication or hard water there's a burn hole so then you you're, you've started the porosity issue so we're causing damage by not pre-treating that hair you should clarify everyone everyone should be clean you put color on clean slightly damp hair so if you don't want to do that, you don't want to clarify, you don't want to do that step in the salon, then you better start retail and clarifying treatments to every guest you have. Their color will be better. It'll last longer. It'll just, the color takes better. It lifts lighter. Half of the, half of the problems we have in this industry can be, can be fixed by cleaning the hair. 
Wow. Right? And this isn't new. Like, like, no, the it's... manufacturers in this industry have been teaching. Some of them have been teaching it for 30 years. Yeah. Clean hair before you put color on. We just won't do it. Yes. It's because of the time in the salon. It's like, we don't have time to do that. Right. But there's so many ways, like you can use heat as a tool for time. So I process all of my colors under a steamer for about 12 minutes. Mm. 15 if they're resistant. So I just bought that time back. Interesting. What about 10 minute color? 10 minute color. Um, those are normally progressive dyes. So the longer you leave them on, the darker they will get. They may not get to a one, but they could get dark. So there's often times in the salon that our timing isn't the same. And if you leave somebody on longer than they're supposed to, you're going to have banding. Not to mention trying to lighten over a progressive color can be uh, can be very difficult to do. Hmm. Especially if they've done it with metallic dye. If they've done it with metallic dye, then I wouldn't put lightener anywhere near that. Interesting. So I make my color. Like if it's 10 volume, I really could process my 10 volume in seven minutes under the steamer if I want to. But I just do everybody 12 minutes for continuity in, in, in my day. And that's permanent color under the steamer, 10 minutes. I'm sure you let it cool for a moment and then rinse. Nope. No cool? Nope. I I rinse them with as cool water as they can stand. Ah. Because cool, wa cool water is going to close the cuticle or start to close the cuticle. It won't close it all the way, but it will start that process. Interesting. I'm learning so much. I'm so glad. Interesting. I love it. The color line, the 10 minute color I use is non-progressive and um, okay. that's been a game changer because like I've used 10 minute color in the past and it is panicking. The right. <laughs> it, it is panicking and it is scary. So, the, so let me ask you the 10 minute color that you're using, like what kind of dye is that? How is that done in 10 minutes? It has. Have they explained that? They explain it as micro pigment technology. Hmm. But I would okay. be lying to you if I told you I knew exactly what kind of dye it was. Like I need to definitely do that research. It's like so we go a little off homework. Of, yeah, we go off of bullet points, you know. Right. The feature and benefits, right? Exactly. The F, the F and B classes. <laughs> so, so yeah. So your homework is find out. You get back to me and you let me know because most of them are progressive. So and, and I'm all about new technology because listen, th things change. And so it, if that's an actual thing, I just need to know how that works before I would ever touch it. Interesting. I'm going to look it up after this call and ask, I'm my, thrilled. ask my um, education director. Awesome. And I don't ask to be combative. I ask because I'm... I am trained to be inquisitive. You no, can't just come in great. and do an F and B for me. You have to actually explain that I can understand before I will touch anything. Interesting. I have another question for you that kind of goes off of the when products say they're free of a type of ingredient. 
Sure. Is there such thing? Okay. So when people say like, I have an organic color, my question is, can you eat it? Oh my God. Okay. Well, is there organic, is there organic hair color? It's all organic and it's all, all natural. Interesting. Um, your, your toaster is organic. Um, <laughs> like, and, and, and I don't mean to be, uh, you know, I know I'm kind of being an ass there, but like in order for something to say that it's certified organic, 70% of the ingredients have to be resourced from what the FDA has. I can't think of the word. The FDA has, has not like stated, but like agreed or whatever has, has certified that they are running an organic farm under their stipulations. So just because something's organic doesn't mean you should eat it. Like there, there has, you have to have chemicals in it in order for it to work. So it can still be organic and you can still not be able to eat it. Totally. It's so, me being an ass asking that. I'm like, cause I don't really think <laughs> I feel like the organic like whole thing is kind of like just marketing. Well, a lot of it is marketing, but like if it says certified organic, it is certified organic, but is it still chemicals? Yes. So again, it is marketing to try to make you feel all warm and fuzzy that you're not using chemicals. You're using chemicals, period. We're all using chemicals. Like, oh, I want to use organic color, but I also will put bleach on somebody. Like, mm. think about that. Think about it. And, I, and I'm not saying, look, I'm, I'm all for low tox, but there's no tox. There's no such thing as no tox. There can be, yes, lower toxins in things, but we are still using chemicals on a daily basis. So you're better off knowing what's going on behind it and being able to read and make smarter decisions for yourself than just relying on the fact that this company is saying it's organic. Just like, oh, these products are all natural. Nothing is all natural. If it was all natural, you'd have to keep it in the refrigerator. And nobody is, is good enough at retail to be able to do that. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the shower. I forgot my shampoo. You're going to step out of a shower and go to the refrigerator to get your shampoo. Not to mention it's going to go bad in two weeks anyway. Nobody's retailing at that level. And people, honestly, Gina, people that are like super earthy, crunchy, organic, they are not coming to the salon. Mm. they're 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 in a yurt grinding up leaves and composting or whatever they don't care they're not worried about hair color and if they are they're doing things like henna that they consider more all natural again it's marketing for the guests that you have that comes in in their escalade with a 120 cigarette hanging out of their mouth but they're going to whole foods after so they think that they're <laughs> you know what i mean they're <laughs> oh Sorry, I wasn't coming for you, but so like, true. So people can feel good about their green footprint. That I, I mean, there there's things in Whole Foods. I go up and down those aisles. I'm like, I wouldn't put that on my car. <laughs> so, but because I know ingredients, so nobody's going to sell me something through the back door because they made me feel warm and fuzzy about what it said on the front. Mm, an informed consumer. Yes, friends, we have to be, we have to be, because I mean, we're getting crushed. Our industry is just, again, like I said, we're going color broke. We keep buying the next thing. 
what's going to make this better? We know something's wrong, but we don't know what it is. And I'm like, if somebody would just tell us. So again, that's why, you know, True Hair Education was formed. So I can give that information and I don't have to do it with any, any uh, owner of a business asking me what the sales were after. Mm. You know, how much did you sell in class? Well, you're expected to sell this. The only thing I sell is education. And then whatever you do with that education is your business. Yeah, I totally you, like love that. Thanks, friend. Yeah, I love that, yeah. Brenda. Thank wow. you. Um, how are we making color fade before our guests even leave the salon? Woo. There are so many ways, Gina. First, we're putting color on dirty, dry hair. I mean, application is, we don't know how to apply color. I, I know this because I watch reels and TikTok every day. Uh, the aggression at which people are putting chemicals on these heads um, is, is jarring to me, actually. I'm like, if I sit most stylists down, hairdressers, whatever, whatever someone calls themselves, and I asked them, I'm like, you know, you can break hair when you wash it if you're too aggressive. But then I'm watching all these videos and I'm like, holy hell. Like, we are beating hair up to death with our application. We're uh, not putting enough on. We're wiping it off. Uh, it, it, there's just so much there. I could do a whole damn class on that all day. Uh, we also, when we take them to the sink, I mentioned earlier that you start rinsing a client with as cool as they can stand because you start to close the cuticle. But if you don't and you take them over to the sink and you blast them with warm to hot water, what's warm hot uh, warm to hot water going to do to the cuticle? Open it. It Normally, but it's already open because you've put a product that's so high in pH on it that that cuticle is all the way open. So you blast it with warm to hot water so it stays open. Then you take your shampoo and you start shampooing and the suds turn color. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. 20 to 25% of that color that you just put that person off to the side to process goes down the drain. So you shampoo it out. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, and then they go home and we don't really give them the instructions that they need to maintain it. So if they're going home and they love the hot, hot, hot shower... And hopefully they Ooh. buy, re- hopefully they buy product, but like a lot of guests don't. And then they're just like fading, 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 fading. And then all the work that you do, like after two or three shampoos, it's like a third of what it could be. Exactly. And what we do is we blame the manufacturer, but the client blames you. They don't care what color line you're using. They're like, I keep going. I keep paying this money. It fades like crazy. We start the fading in the salon. They go home and continue it. And sometimes some of the professional products are too strong for them to be using at home. Mm. But you, but if you don't know ingredients, you don't know that. And we just assume that professional products are better. And that is not always the case. Um, and then the number one, I don't know if you were going to ask, I think you were probably going to ask me this. The number one hair color killer thing that kills hair color the fastest, aerosol hairspray. Really? Aerosol hairspray. Think about it. You get color on your clothes at work. What do you use to get it out? <laughs> I just put bleach on them. <laughs> oh my God. So you, 
Gina, you're so aggressive. Okay. So <laughs> if I drop color on my pants, I can take aerosol hairspray, spray it on my pants, and it will come out. Everybody should have aerosol in their laundry because it takes ink stains out too. Interesting. So if it will take it out of your clothes, it sure as hell going to take it out of your hair. And we yeah, do it on totally. fresh, fresh color. That color needs like 24 hours to cure or harden. So it will set. So any of my clients that are like aerosol junkies, I'm like, absolutely not. I need 24 hours for this to set and cure. And then you go right ahead with your aerosol hairspray. But I've already had the conversation with them that aerosol hairspray makes the color fade. So that's a choice that they are now allowed to make. So if your color fades, you're not blaming me because you love aerosol hairspray. You're not willing to give up the hairspray. Your hair color is going to fade. What kind of hairspray because do you recommend? Well, listen, I love a good aerosol. However, it's all going to make the hair color fade. The good news is everybody, most people accept a level of fading. I mean, this is permanent hair color, so it's not supposed to fade. And everybody's just like, oh, the color faded. Oh, the color faded. And nobody's, <clears throat> nobody's even phased by it. Um, but I, if, if somebody wants a stronger hold, I'm like, use, use a stronger foundational product. Use like, use a, 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 maybe a heavier gel, a hard hold gel. So that can help set your style without you using something that's going to make your color fade. But I give them the option. Some of my clients don't care. If you don't care, I don't care. But if fading is a problem for you, then I'm going to recommend some other type of product that maybe you start with instead of finishing with. Pump hairspray. I mean, yes, it's a little wetter. Um, you know, it's not, I don't, I don't like pump as much as I like aerosol, but if I've had plenty of clients that have switched to it because fading bothers them enough that they made the decision. Not for me to make the decision. It's for them to make the decision once I educate them. Interesting. And I'm sure a lot of guests haven't heard that before. No. Most of my guests are like, nobody's ever talked to me this much about my hair in my life. <laughs> like, I know, weird, right? Yeah. I teach them, I teach them how to properly wash it because most people don't know. I talk to them about shampoo and the strengths and the differences and why somebody, you know, if somebody tells me they only wash once a week, well, that's a different recommendation than somebody who washes their hair every day. Mm. What about like, like I wash my hair every couple of days. Yeah. Like, is that okay? There's like so much out there that people are like, I don't wash my hair for two weeks. And I'm like, that's fucking gross. Well, depending on the fabric, right? There's some people that their, their skin is dry and the fabric is dry. So they don't need a ton of washing. And a ton of washing is not going to be healthy for that fabric type. So it's true. Then, then there's some people that, yes, it's dirty, it's gross, whatever. They stretch it. That's disgusting. But a lot of people have been trained by us, by our community. Don't wash your hair every day. Uh, well, I'm going to wash my hair every day. And you can tell me otherwise. But I've had more hairdressers tell me that. And I'm like, mm, I'm just going to do whatever I want anyway, just like a yeah. regular client. So why wouldn't I send them home with something that's more like a woolite instead of a tide? Because I've got, I've got the entire range in my salon. Somebody washes their hair once a week. Well, they go home with a clarifying shampoo. They don't need another shampoo. That's the only one they need. 
But if somebody washes a few times a week, I look at the detergent and then I decide, okay, well, what kind of color are they? Am I covering gray? Like there's so many factors that go into me deciding what to recommend for them to take home. And sometimes they take it and sometimes they don't. And if they don't, then I just make good notes. And if their hair color fades, I just don't blame myself because I don't know what system they're using at home. But what we normally go is, oh, I'm not going to, you know, my, my work, I'm not going to guarantee it if you don't use what I have. Well, sometimes what we have on those shelves are, woo! Yeah, it's Might true. Well it's true. Like, you want to make sure that, like, you're recommending something that's amazing, not just because of the label on it. Exactly. And what I recommend to somebody that's got blonde hair with no gray coverage, I didn't tone it. That's a different recommendation than the guests that I have that I'm covering her gray. I'm putting in highlights. We've had to do some kind of toner on top of it. Those are two different recommendations. Totally. Because so, of the ingredients. Yeah, totally. So we talked about so many nuggets. Like there's so mm -hmm. much, like I just wrote some notes, like best practices is like pre-treat. I wrote like for my own brain, pre-treat on the first appointment and then retail a pre-treatment for their future appointments, making sure they have clean hair every time. Apply Absolutely. on clean, slightly damp hair. Use yep. heat to make up time, but some mm -hmm. brands say no heat, but you're using a steamer. Yeah, still heat. I could use a dryer or I don't use I don't use any tools that I can't use heat. Oh, cool. Um I mean that's a whole nother thing too. I could go off for an hour about why they tell us we can't use heat. So totally. we don't have time for that today. But no, totally. Um rinse with cool water, pump hairspray will reduce fade over aerosol hairspray. And I love what you said about the medications, like we're applying on not great hair we're a medicated world right and it's none of our business what people are taking either like if you have some kind of form for me to fill out when i get to your your salon like that's none of your business so don't ask just clean it that's uncomfortable it's awkward and it's none of your business a hundred percent i agree yeah wow i want to learn so much more from you brenda you're amazing i have so many questions that i need to ask myself um especially as an educator. So I'm going to do some research and reach back out to you because I like definitely like, I want to know more. So um, can you tell our audience where to find you, um, where to find your education and all of that good stuff? Absolutely. You can find me, I'd say first and foremost, anything true hair education with our website, true hair education, IG, true hair education, Facebook, true hair education, uh, so you can find me on all of those things or my IG is brendaamerald.com. Uh, we've got a full schedule for 2023 that we are on tour and you need to come to the network. Listen, all you got to do is reach out baby. And, and cause we're now booking for 2024 because we're already booked for 2023, but I would love a little road trip down yeah. to see you at the network. So so you just let me know when you want to make that happen. And I'll absolutely, I'd, I'd love to, to go down and share. And because uh, really that, that's all I want to do. I want to be able to serve this industry in a way that just levels us all up and, and erases the fear from our industry. I love it. Thank you so much, Brenda. I'm so grateful for your time. I hope you all love this episode. 
and we will see you on the next one.